Next on BYU Sports Nation, does the performance of BYU's quarterbacks in the Hawaii Bowl affect the competition going into the offseason? What are the immediate needs BYU football has to address tomorrow during the early signing period? And are we surprised at all by what BYU Hoops has done this season? BYUSN starts now. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Great to have you. Thanks for tuning in or listening. It is Tuesday, December 17th. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is on his way to the island. So I'm teamed up with a man who has watched all 10 Star Wars movies to get ready for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker in theaters this Friday, but technically Thursday night. Jason Shepard. I, uh, this is not a joke. I actually fell asleep, not because it was boring, mm. but I use it as, as comfort when I'm trying to, to go to, to sleep. Uh, watched A New Hope last night. Fell asleep while I was watching it. Is that Star Wars or just this situation last night? No, no, no. I will, I will, some, I will sometimes turn on Star Wars and it just calms me down. It brings me to a happy place. No, no, no. no. None of the prequels. The prequels are not part of the contentment zone. Okay, gotcha. Uh, I have watched those recently, though. Yeah. Okay, good. I thought I was going to watch all of them leading up to I have run out of time. I, I cannot do it. I started the, watching Return of the Empire Strikes Back last yeah. week. Turn the Jedi a little bit. Just See, I don't need to watch those for any refreshment. I, I, I know how... Emotional refreshment. <laughs> Emotional refreshment, yes. Not informational refreshment. I, I did, and I watched The Force Awakens so often that I, I don't need to watch that one again. You are awoken. Yes, I am, I am awakened. Awakened. Yes, I'm awakened. I did watch the train wreck that was The Last Jedi. Yeah, not a fan. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. Uh, thank goodness JJ's back. You can right the wrongs of the last yes. movie. Thank J- goodness. JJ, my namesake, absolutely. Here's what's on the show rundown today. The former number one recruit in the country. Yeah, Chris Burgess in the house. The Dookie, the Ute, turned Wolverine and now Cougar. He's home, right? He's home. He's home, yeah, that. absolutely he's home. Or not. Whatever. We love Chris Burgess. He's in studio. Uh, more breakdown of the NCAA basketball team sheets. Do they still think Utah and Boise State are bad losses? We'll talk about it. I've got it in my hand right here. Let's go. And Spencer's Someone just w- took a screenshot of that real fast. Well, I sent it out yesterday, so yeah. My, my <laughs> notes aren't that valuable, let's be honest. And Spencer's one-on-one with Kyrus Tonga. He declared for the NFL draft before the season. Is that still the case? Is he still going to bounce after this year, even though he's got one year left? Uh, you'll hear from Kyrus Tonga coming up. But first, today's headlines. Quarterback coach Aaron Roderick says Zach Wilson will start the Hawaii Bowl and Jaron Hall will be the backup. Hall has not been available since the Utah State game. Zach Wilson understood that he'd likely be the starter, right? BYU plays Hawaii one week from today in the Hawaii Bowl. BYU defensive end Kairos Tonga, one of the players who will be deciding whether or not to return next season or make himself available for the NFL draft. Kairos says no decision will be made until after the bowl game. I don't even think about it. Um, I talk with my family, talk to the coaches already, um, and I'll, I'll make a decision like after the bowl game. But right now, just priorities: uh, school, football, and that's what I've just been working on. So, Tonga has 42 total tackles, four tackles for loss, one sack on the season, and you will hear more from Kyrus when he goes one-on-one with Spencer Linton later in the program. Uh, visually, it would look that it would seem that Kyrus has already left. He's got a goatee, the hair is flowing. Uh, hopefully he doesn't have to go into the testing center anytime soon. Uh, yeah, yeah, more on that conversation coming up. 
by the way, after the game, we'll get Kyber's tongue on. We'll say, so you're bouncing or what? First question. Because he said is that after it? the bowl game. Is that it? Let's go. Last night on Monday Night Football, your boy Taysom Hill had two catches for 42 yards, including a 28-yard touchdown grab to add to Drew Brees' record-breaking night. Not only career touchdowns in NFL history, but the single-game completion record. What was it, 29 of 30? That was amazing. The Saints beat the Colts 34-7. Tomorrow is the early signing period for BYU football and college football in general, not just the Cougars. We'll have it covered for you tomorrow right here on BYU Sports Nation. Head coach Kalani Sataki joining us live to discuss the early signees as they become official. I'm excited because there are guys that BYU will sign that will have an impact next year. Sure. Sometimes it's hard. It's exciting, but it's like, eh, in like four or five years, the real impact Six or seven. Honestly, could be for some guys, right? But there will be guys that BYU signs yep. that make an impact in 2020, which is literally two weeks away tonight, which or from tonight, which is wild. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. So are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Obviously, this season's been a wild one at the quarterback position. Three different starters for at least two games. All have had success at one point or another, uh, winning at least one game. We now know officially the depth chart for the Hawaii Bowl, as mentioned. Zach Wilson, Jaron Hall, uh, Baylor Romney in there as well. Uh, No surprise. Wilson has been stated as the guy, and it's not a short leash, according to Jeff Grimes, the offensive coordinator. But it feels like a more evenly matched room than maybe beginning of the season, we thought, right? So, Jason, does quarterback performance by Wilson and any others in the Hawaii Bowl affect a potential competition in the offseason? I I really don't think it has much bearing at all, actually. Uh, If there's going to be a quarterback competition for next year, that battle is going to occur during the the offseason and into fall camp. One game at the end of this year isn't going to carry more weight, in my opinion. And, I mean, let's be honest, if you believe the coaches when they say that every position is a competition, that would obviously mean the quarterback position, too. So all that, however, I think will come during the offseason, not on a Christmas Eve game in Hawaii. I don't know that there will be a real competition for the position. Like Zach Wilson would have to perform really poorly in this game, and I don't see it happening for that to be a conversation. Uh, I, I think that uh, the answer is yes, that if there's a big negative performance, that now the conversation opens up because there's been little volume, but Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney have shown that they are capable quarterbacks. I don't think ideally you have Baylor Romney as your number one guy. I just think he's a capable backup at this point. Jaron Hall is the conversation piece here. One, he's had two concussions. He is available for the bowl game, it it would appear, which is great news. I want Jaron Hall to play football BYU because I think this guy's really good. I think we all think he's really good. But if... But if I was him, I would think about just playing baseball given the two concussions thing. It, it depends. He's been in on football his whole career. He's also been a baseball player. So I'm excited to see this. I think Zach Wilson's the number one. I think Jaron Hall is one and a half. I think if Wilson really struggled and BYU got behind, that Jaron Hall would be an option in this game. Because if he's available, let's go, right? I don't, think, I don't see why you wouldn't play him anyway. I don't, I don't know why you don't give, and I understand as your backup quarterback, if something were to happen, you don't want to have your, your backup quarterback get injured, but I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have a problem having Jaron Hall come in for a couple of snaps in, in some sort of different for, you know, look, something like I don't have a problem with that, but, but I, we probably won't. You're not saying take a serious. You're saying come in and yeah, trick play. Yeah, come, come in, and it, just like we saw earlier in the season when Zach was the guy. It, look, you can argue that, and I understand that you had the UMass game, 
but we know how bad that is. UMass was so bad. It's it's, like, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a little weird. I think you could have completed eight balls in that game. Uh, that's, I appreciate that. I, d- I do. It's probably not accurate. You could argue that the first half at Utah State, from a quarterback perspective, was the best play we had seen all season. Like, that was unbelievable. Jaron Hall was – you could not stop him. And it was through the air. It was on the ground. Utah State had no answer. And I'm not saying Utah State was this juggernaut of a team or anything like that. But – that you could argue impressive. that was the that was the best quarterback performance and a half we saw all year long. But I'm with you. Zach Wilson is is BYU starter. That that's the way it is. And one game, this game is not, in my opinion, is is not going to carry any more weight than if things are opened up or a, a real competition in the off season and into fall camp. That any decision like that, that's where that will happen. It, it doesn't have anything to do with this game. In my looking opinion. at 2020, if you look at that schedule, guess what? You're always going to need two or three quarterbacks. Yeah. Okay? So uh, to me, it doesn't even matter that much who the starter is per se because you're going to need the second one. He's got to be ready, and that's going to going to be Jaron Hall. And I think we all have confidence in that guy. Now on to topic number two: BYU basketball enters this weekend's game with Weber State at nine and four, and we know. Things are going quite well for the Cougars right now. They're shooting the ball extremely well, and they put together a string of defensive games that are very impressive. Are you surprised with what BYU Hoops has accomplished so far this season? Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised. I didn't think BYU would go 6-3 and three without Yoli Childs. That was, uh, that was impressive. Obviously, some good wins. Houston, a uh, uh, nice bounce there. Virginia Tech, BYU makes 17 threes. UCLA, not a great team, but a big name. And in Hawaii and on ESPN2, right? That was a big win. Now BYU is going to be 12-4. and four. They're going to win the next three over Weber State and Oral Roberts and LMU. January 9th going into Moraga in a huge game in a battle for second place in the league, right? This is, this is awesome. I thought BYU would be good, but they are better than I thought at this point. Um, and I'm, I'm tired of projecting one thing and being disappointed by it. So I'm just kind of watching it play out. And I'm watching BYU be really good. And with Yoli Childs, guess what? BYU is a single-digit seed. I said it yesterday. I think BYU is a single-digit seed type of team with Yoli Childs in the lineup, with seven seniors, with Connor Harding, 20th in the country in shooting percentage from three. BYU, one of the best in the country. They continue to uh, eclipse what I thought. And it's good to be surprised. In every happy relationship you have in your life, that person or people surprise you occasionally in a positive way. BYU is surprising me right now, and I'm keeping it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm keeping my expectations lowish, but now I see that BYU can be and is really good, and I'm excited to see them play in conference play. I think BYU will perform well. Yeah, um, the record does not surprise me. This is what I expected, and I did think BYU was going to go six and three without Yoli. That was the record that I picked. I thought, I looked at it, I said, that I think six and three is very realistic. I was optimistic. Well, and here, here's the thing. Basically, the surprise for me is not, it's not the record. It's, it's the wins and the losses that has got them to this record. That, that's where the wins over Houston, UCLA, those were the pleasant surprises. But losing at Boise State and then losing to Utah are two games I had going the other way. And I know you and right. I disagree on whether or not the loss to Boise was a, was a bad loss or not. And we can get into that coming up a little oh, bit later. it's bad, but does the committee think yes, it's bad? Yes, exactly. Yes. So I, I think that's where my surprise is, is just how they've gotten to this point. They've won some games that I didn't expect and lost some games that I didn't expect. So that's where the surprise lies for me. The football team agrees with their season as well, right? <laughs> but look, here's, here's the other thing. I expected this team to shoot well 
Because this, that's what the strength of this team was going into this year. With but we all, had been talking yes, about it yes. for years, and they had not delivered. But, this to team this, but to this level and this consistently is where the surprise has been. They are just shooting the lights out and it, what, six or seven now? Uh, double figure. Six, 11 plus. Yeah, six. It, it's unbelievable the numbers they're putting up. That's a surprise. Not that they're capable of doing it, but with the consistency game in and game out that we're seeing, that's, that is a, a pleasant surprise. Capability is overrated. Performance is rated uh, appropriately, right? Who cares what you're capable of? What you do matters the most, right? Talk is cheap. And BYU is doing BYU is winning, and BYU is making threes. Yep. And, it's, and it's fun ball. Topic three. The football early signing day is tomorrow. Full coverage on the show. As mentioned, Kalani Satake will join us tomorrow as we break down who BYU signs in the early signing period. Then we look at February for the other guys. But what immediate needs does BYU football need to address tomorrow? There are two that I look at right out of the gate. Running back... And safety. Those, those are the two that I look at. Run, look, running back's one of those positions that I think you should always have a veteran player to rely on. And we saw exactly how much Tyson Williams was missed when he was hurt and get, done for the year. Don't get me started thinking about this. So I think, I think that's the one. <laughs> that type of player can be invaluable to a team. I, I, think, I think every year BYU should be in the mix for, for a grad transfer at, at the running back position just to have somebody that's, that's been through the battles and is battle-tested. You can bring him in and rely on him for that type of uh, situation. Yeah. Safety is the other position I think you're going to need help. And I, and I say that mostly because of the players that BYU is losing. You have Austin Lee, who's going to be gone. You have Diane Gawolaku, who obviously played both corner and safety, but he's capable certainly of playing both. Uh, so your Powell, Bo Tanner, all those guys played minutes at safety. They're going to be gone. You're very thin at that position. So those are the two for me, running back and safety. Yeah, I completely agree with uh, those two, and I want to add one in a moment. But yeah, running back, Tyson Williams. Tyson Williams plays this year. BYU's a nine-win team right now. They, they just are. They beat Toledo, and they beat South Florida. And uh, yeah, BYU looks even better. BYU's not going to beat Utah or Washington, even with Tyson Williams. He was in those games. Emmanuel Supa been banged up a little bit. Yeah. Trusted less after the Utah State game when he fumbled inside the five, but the injury was a big deal. I'm with you. BYU does need a, a senior or a JUCO, a grad transfer or a JUCO guy to come in at running back and bolster this group. There is some young talent. Obviously, Lopini Katoa is going to be a junior. Jackson McChesney had like the most incredible single-game performance for a freshman, but somehow didn't play the next week. We still don't know the answer of why. Was he hurt? If he wasn't hurt, why didn't he play? Can someone just answer the question? Uh, Sione Finau got hurt towards ACL. He had shown well yes, that, late that's, in the season. That's so sad for him. My issue, though, is though I, I'm not sure that those guys are ready for the pounding that is the first four. Tyson Williams was ready for that. And unfortunately, in game four, he got hurt. BYU needs a bruiser, needs a veteran that can handle that. Lopini Katoa and Jackson McChesney and Sione Finau are, are nice these guys, uh, I think, need uh, a little help there. And we saw that. BYU brought in Isup and Williams, despite seeing what they had coming in, which was talented, and it's getting better, and that's great. I agree on safety, everything you said. I want to mention wide receiver as well. BYU does need to replace some weapons in Shumway, Simon, and Hefo. So we certainly expect a guy like uh, Keanu Hill to have an increased role, and Dax Milne and Gunnar Romney. They will occupy those spots. I'm not sure that they can produce that produ- kind of production immediately, so I would love to see some kind of grad transfer or juco guy wide receiver come in and have an impact early Uh, yeah i I think that byu and and the grad transfers i I think that i think that's something 
that most fans would like to see more of I'm moving f- forward. This is the one and done we're fine with. Oh, absolutely, without is, question. Is a, without is question. A skill position player. If yes, on offense, right? That's going to come in and have an impact. Yeah, the, the Jordan Leslie type. Yep. that's exact. The Tyson Williams. Those guys are always going to be the new. guys that BYU yes. has brought in in those situations. For the most part, have have. Done what they've been asked to do. Right. That's, that's, all you're, that's all you're wanting to do is you're trying to eliminate some of the unknowns. And with these guys where they've played, you know, three and four years, and, and you, always, you know what you're getting from them. You're always going to have a hard time getting those guys for four years. Let's be honest. Correct. So if they can come in, and you, it's a rent-a-receiver, right? They sure. Come in, yeah. They're in the grad program. Hopefully they finish to get a degree. If they score a lot of touchdowns, that's great as well. BYU needs those guys. And hopefully they can get them for three or four years. But let's be realistic. You can rent a nicer car than you can buy sometimes. You know what I mean? And it's a renter receiver. Trust me. Rent a running hey, back. Hey, trust Let's me. Go. In Houston, I got a, uh, a uh, Ford Mustang. Yeah. Believe me. And I don't own a Ford Mustang, okay? Yes. Rent. Yes. <laughs> Who's the Ford Mustang BYU's going to sign tomorrow? We will break it down on BYU Sports Nation. Our question of the day. How much does the quarterback performance in the Hawaii Bowl, notice we said quarterback performance, Wilson, uh, impact the quarterback competition for next season? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Ames Flames, who apparently went to church and somehow her Twitter handle came up. Spencer told me this, and someone said, You're Ames Flames? I know you from BYU Sports Nation. There you go. (laughs) The spring and fall camps will be a competition either way. We have too much quarterback talent for it not to be, but if Zach Wilson has a less-than-stellar performance in the bowl game, people will fuel that competition by calling for Jaron or Baylor to start. I'm not calling for Baylor to start. I'm calling for Baylor to be a secure backup, which, by the way, BYU did give him a scholarship for the winter semester, locking him in as a guy in the mix, which is great. The, the Jaron-Zach thing is not a thing that exists right now, but it would if Zach had a poor performance, which I don't see happening. No, no, no. Zach, Zach Wilson is BYU's starting quarterback, and, and I think it's going to be regardless of what happens in this game it, going into the offseason. I, I just I think it opens up if I, he really struggles, but I, again, I yeah, don't see it. I, 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 don't, I don't either. I, I agree with you. I, I, expect I think a, he'll have success. I expect uh, a very successful Zach Wilson coming up on, uh, on Christmas Eve. Coming up, speaking of, what are the most important games left for BYU basketball? And BYU assistant coach Chris Burgess is back in Studio B to discuss the Cougar cage and the first team sheet is out. He'll help us break it down. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us for BYU Basketball with Mark Pope tonight, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific on the BYU TV app. You can join host Greg Rubel as he chats with Coach Pope and Chris Burgess. Wait a minute. That's right. Hey, you're going to get a lot of Chris Burgess today, which is always a good Not thing. enough. Plus a brand new deep blue on Dalton Nixon having a fantastic year. Reserve your seat on BYUcougars.com slash Pope Show. You mentioned it. Chris Burgess is our next guest. He's in studio. He's going to join us tonight on the Pope Show. We're going to find some other... We're going to car wash him like they do at ESPN. We'll just find another show this afternoon. You can just stay here all day. I think you have to go to practice at some point, though, right? Yeah, I'll have a couple hours of practice. Um, but finals week, so it'll be short and sweet so those guys can kind of lock in these, this last week of finals. But I'm excited to be here all day. Yeah, we're, we're, it's going to be uh, great to have you. So uh, I mentioned it. The team sheet is out, and we broke it down yesterday. We'll yeah. break it down a little bit coming up in the next segment as well. But uh, net ranking of 42. RPI went away. This is how they sort yep. you. Uh, so right now, 42. What do you think of that number? Um, we're happy with it. Um, there's there's some missed opportunities, 
But we all, like as a staff, we like talked about every game has its own identity. So there's games we won that maybe could have bounced the other way. And there's games we lost that, you know, could have gone our way. So we're happy with it. Um, we're not satisfied with it. We know that we still have a number of games we got to take care of heading into this conference season. But Forest is pretty good, especially with the schedule we've had to play, um, you know, minus Yoli and losing Gavin and losing Jesse. Um, with that roster that people call depleted, these guys found a way, win some games. And now, like you said, we're talking about finals break and all of a sudden we're, we're ranked that high. It's a, it's, it's a testament to our guys, but we're not satisfied. Like, we want to keep winning. We want to keep winning, so. How has the whole concept of the strength of schedule changed perception with within yeah. college basketball, because it, now and certainly you're you're not going out there just to play a team and lose and move on. You're you're there to win a game. But the fact that you can schedule these teams, just having them on your schedule, that helps you. Yeah, it rewards it rewards the coaches and athletic directors to play tough teams, to go on the road, to go to uh, like a tournament during Thanksgiving at the Maui Classic. Um, where in the past some teams would shy away from it, and I understand. We understand both sides, but it's rewarding a team like us to go on, to, to play these tough games, to take maybe a, a loss or two and, and be, still be able to kind of keep the locker room together and, and win some games that we're supposed to. So I, I, like, how, I like the format. We've been, listen, we've been fortunate to be where we're at right now. I mean, we, you know, there, at any point, we, we knew it could go sideways quick on us, but our, we, have, we have a good group. And Yoli came back and, and just fit right in with our guys. But you know, I, I'm a fan of the format, and I'm a fan of the, the staff um, that put together the schedule to challenge our guys, to push our guys, and, and to like we were battle tested. We went into Utah State Saturday night at the Beehive Classic, being like we've been here before. We're battle tested, right? Because we played some really good teams thus far. The previous staff left you some awesome things. One, they left you an annex that was nice, right? <laughs> that, that wasn't here a few years ago. Two, they left you the schedule. And three, they left you five seniors. You added uh, and recruited Jake Toulson, right, yeah. to come over here, and uh, Yola Childs to come yeah. back. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's been an interesting first year. How would you evaluate how you guys have evolved too? As this is your first year over here with this group at this place. And the other guy we, that came has been a huge part is Alex Barcelo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Thank you for I mean, he's him. been everything we've we've hoped for, uh, fitting smoothly with our team. Um, it's been a learning curve for all of us, us to, uh, the, for the guys to get to know us and us to get to know the guys in terms of how we coach, how we approach this game, how we approach every single day, how we how coach has a relentless personality and 24-7 where he's in around all the time. And I think it's been really good. I think our guys have enjoyed it. I think it's a big reason why Yoli came back um, because he saw the guys you know, in the gym and their mentality and their mind frame had changed in terms of trying to be all in and, and basketball well, honestly, being number one in their lives. I mean, it's true. I mean, I know they're student-athletes. They work really hard in the classroom. But at the end of the day, like, these guys are basketball players. Because um, and, and especially with the senior-ridden class, this is their last year. Right? And so, so that's been good. So I think it's been – I think that there's been a lot of things – um, that have been fun for us going on the road to Houston and having a ton of fans there at the game. I think that's been new for us as a staff, right? At Utah Valley just wasn't like that, um, the kind of support and love that we get from these fans. So that part's been a lot of fun. But we've got, it, like you said, a bunch of seniors that want to win. They want to make this NCAA tournament. So it's been relatively easy for us to coach them. They look you in the eye. They tell you they do what you ask and because and, they want to win. And that's, a, that's also a reflection on the last staff and the culture and the mindset that they, they left us. 
the defensive numbers that the team is putting up right now are crazy good. It's <laughs> incredible. It's Fifty two a game the last three. It, yeah. I mean, awesome. the numbers are for, so. So first of all, what do you think has been the key to the defensive play recently? And then a follow up to that: what's easier to maintain long term, the defensive numbers we're seeing or the perimeter shooting that we're seeing? I was always told to answer your second question. I was always told, like, there's times you're going to miss shots, but you can always guard. There's going to be times where you're feeling good and the ball just doesn't go in the hoop. You can always guard. And so I think, the, I think first of all, I think we're going to be, we always make shots. It's what we do. It's what Coach Pope's teams have always done. They've been in the top 50 every single year in three-point shooters. It's what we do. We space the floor, make shots. But we, we've had this identity since the first day we got here going into Europe of we've got to be able to defend. We've got to be able to defend. We've got to be able to protect the paint. And I think it's a credit to our guys listening to the scouting report and following it. We've had a different game plan every game um, based on what teams like to do and what we're trying to take away. Are we trying to take away the paint? Are we trying to take away shooters? Are we trying to take away drives? Are we trying to keep guys off the free throw line? What are we trying to do? What are we trying to give up? And we've done a really good job of our guys listening in. Again, seniors, right? They get it. They understand it. They understand the importance of following game plans. We've done that. Can we keep it up? We better keep it up. If they want to win and make the NCAA tournament, because there's times we're going to go on the road, we're going to miss a couple shots. Utah State, we missed some open threes. It's the truth. But you know what? We kept getting stops. We wouldn't let Sam Merrill get open shots. We wouldn't let him come off a ball screen and be wide open. Guys were locked in. If we can do that, we're putting ourselves in a, champ- a chance to win every single game this year. I, I-, I firmly believe that. There's only been one game that wasn't tight, right? It's Kansas, and yeah. that's understandable, right? The rest of the games, you say, hey, the yeah, couple um, plays here, San Diego State, right? Obviously, yeah. Utah, Yoli cramps up. What a, <laughs> like, it, if he finishes the game, that's going to be a win. You know, the, you look at those. The, the three, you're laughing, what? Uh, every game has its own identity. Every yes, game has its own weird, identity. Right? Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of wins uh, there, and, and in the future. Um, when you look at the three-point shooting, uh, BYU had never uh, had a, game, uh, a string of four straight games with 10-plus makes. Yeah. Here we are sitting at six in a row with 11-plus. You said spacing was key. Yeah. Is, uh, what else goes into that? The extra pass. The extra How pass. many times have you seen guys drive for a layup that they could probably make maybe two out of six times, but they're just hitting the corner or they're hitting the guy on the wing. They're just it's, – it's contagious. It's contagious. Like Alex, I don't know if you guys remember – you know, our, our, when we played Nevada, Alex drove in the second half in front of our bench, and he has a layup, kind of double clutches it, hits, is it Connor or somebody in the corner? And before the shot's taken from the three, Coach Pope is like on the court, like ready to bear hug and high five <laughs> Alex. And I don't think we made the shot, but it's just that is the growth of this team where they're turning down. Yoli, Yoli's turning down post shots that he could probably make, and he's just kicking it out. We talk about the simple play, and it's the extra pass. When you make the extra pass, like we've all played pickup. When you make the extra pass, someone's going to get a wide open three. And, and we're, we're big believers in analytics. We, we just are. The points per possession, and this is a better shot, and this is why. You know, if you shoot a 35% shot around the key, as opposed that's contested by two defenders. That's why Colby Lee and these guys are Dalton Roll. They're, they're trying to find guys because they know that's a higher percentage shot, and that's the, that's the simple play. And everyone, so that's why. And everyone's been ingrained is you have to help defend that, right? Yeah, where, yes. I, I, the defense hasn't adapted to this idea where they go, you know what? Let them shoot it too. Yeah, yeah. At the rim. And, and, we, and like, as a big Don't man double. coach, I want that. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? Stay with shooters. I'd love for our bigs to get rolls and finishes. Do you at the think rim. the game will evolve that way where it's like, you know what? Go ahead and do your work. You got to pick your poison. Like, yeah. if you're going to take away something, you're going to give up something. Yeah. Right? That's, the, that's what makes this team so dangerous. 
is like, what are you going to take away? Are you gonna are you gonna fan out to shooters? If so, guess what? I love Yoli on a roll. I love Dalton and Kobe on a roll. They're gonna finish shots. Are you gonna take away that? You know what? I love those three that I just mentioned kicking out to open shots. I mean, I, we watch a lot of film that we watch with our bigs, players like Jokic, Horford. Mark Gasol, watch them on rolls. Watch how much they just kick. They make the simple play. That's what, that's what we show our guys. We show film, of course, of our guys. But then I'll show those NBA players and how it translates to the next level of making the simple play. And then when you watch, you're like, man, that corner is wide open. Or, man, I got this quick little shot right here. So it's how we play. It's how we space the floor. It's we making the simple play. And, and sometimes we turn down a good shot to find a great shot. And it's contagious. What are your thoughts on the Weber State? You've got the Wildcats coming into the Marriott Center Saturday night. And then what's really the focus over these last two non-conference games before uh, WCC play begins? Finals week is always tough because you want your guys lock in. And then you have kind of a couple days. Uh, we'll have, you know, for sure Thursday, Thursday, Friday to prepare for the Weber. Listen, Weber's, you know, they're, 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 they're scrappy. They're, they were without their best player, the leading scorer, the first few games. And Jarek Harding, he's back. Um, they played Utah tough at the Beehive. I think they lost by nine. They played them tough. They beat Utah Valley on the road. We're not well, right now. We're focused on us, um, the way we play. They actually run similar stuff. So game plan defensively, we should know. We guard it every day in practice. But our guys are going to know personnel. They're going to not focus on Christmas break until 9.30 p.m. Um, <laughs> and then they're going, to, they're going to be with their families after the Weber State game. And then we'll get back Christmas night. Um, usually that's kind of your rough practice, all the sugar and trying to get all the sweat, all that stuff out. And then we'll have a good practice Thursday, Friday. And we'll get ready for Oral Roberts. It's not about Oral Roberts. It's not about Weber State. For us, it's about for about BYU and winning some games and heading into conference play. Would you mind if I stop by that practice Christmas Christmas night because I'm going to need to work out a lot of food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're more than welcome. I might I might join you. I might join you. I'm yeah. going to need that, Chris. I, go, I can tell you that right now. Six for ten from the free throw line just to get in the building, though. Um, <laughs> The, the Athletic had an article on you. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the article? It kind of chronicled, obviously, your yeah. uh, heavily known recruitment and kind of post-career and up to now. I was really impressed. You know, there's, there's stuff that's written over the last 20-something years, and I thought this guy did a good job of um, kind of my past and also tying it with what I'm doing now with working with these players. And, and so um, I liked it. Got some good feedback. Um, I, even reading it, I was like, man, I have kind of – live this odd but relatable life i actually like when he when he had said that to me i was like oh, i think that's cool I, I actually agree with that and so it was, a good, it was it was it was well done um it was cool that you got a michigan michigan state kind of beat writer for the athletic there in maui and you know comes and talks about us you know us at byu and likes what we're doing he, he'd watch the ucla game and watched us play kansas stuff and obviously virginia tech and he did a good job the only thing the worst part about the article was the Utah part obviously really wanted to win that game as yeah. our guys did, but it was he, well he done. He talked you after the Utah game. What a time <laughs> yeah. to talk to you. Like, <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and by the way, Red Panda in the house Saturday. I know you're excited yeah. about that. I'm so excited. Do you cut halftime a little short so you can watch it? I don't know. Like, we're going to have to put the screen in there. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully things are going well. We can sneak out there. But we are excited about it. Like, it's... Uh, She's incredible. Wasn't, she, she's wasn't she on like the, like I was sorry, the All Star game or something like that? I know she's everywhere in the NBA. But yeah, she's done jazz cool. games for years. Yeah, that's right. Now, now she dropped a bowl last year, which was shocking. So there's a redemptive quality required, I think. But even when she drops it, you still love her because of the th- like the challenges. Amazing. She's amazing. She's it's unbelievable. The if, if you haven't seen it, uh, let's see. We're doing the game on TV. Hopefully, we'll show yeah, Red well, Panda. You, you guys should come for the basketball, but definitely for Red Panda. Yeah, exactly. Red Panda's awesome. Okay, well, Chris, we appreciate the time. We'll see you tonight. Yeah, I'll be back. I will be back.
Yeah. Hope show tonight. Okay, we go. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, guys. Spencer Linton goes one-on-one with Kyrus Tonga. When does he plan on making his decision on the NFL draft? That's coming up. And we dive more into the team sheet, even more what the committee really likes that the Cougars have on it. This is BYU Sports Talk. BYU women's basketball takes on San Jose State on Wednesday in the Maui Classic. How about this? Join Spencer Linton. He will have the call at 10.30 Eastern Time, 7.30 Pacific on BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app. He is on a plane right now heading to to Maui. What a sacrifice. They have to go early. Yeah, so yeah, you guys are all going out for the bowl game. Guess who's holding the fort down back here? Yeah. This guy. Hey, been there, done that. And so he gets to go out a couple of days early to another island. Yeah. Well, we did send him to Amherst, so I guess it's easy. (laughs) Welcome back to Jordan Jason Shepard holding down uh, the the Fort Provo, uh, Fort Studio B here at BYU TV and BYU Radio. Let's whip it? Sure. It's time for the (laughs) Cougar Whip Around. Football. That will never not be funny, by the way. <laughs> the false let's whip. The false Ron yeah. Burgundy just reading what's yeah. in the script when we had already done the whip. Let's whip it. Uh, we've already done uh, that. What? <laughs> well, let's whip it, Jason. I know. I'm getting to it. Quarterbacks coach. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Quarterbacks coach. Just a reminder. Aaron Roderick says Zach Wilson will start the Hawaii Bowl. Jaron Hall will be the backup. Wilson is 4-4 as the start of this season. Hall has not played since the Utah State game due to a second concussion. BYU plays Hawaii one week from tonight in the Hawaii Bowl. BYU defensive lineman Kairos Tung is still deciding whether he will enter the NFL draft or return next season. He said uh, he will decide after the game. 42 tackles this year for him for TFL's one sack. More from Brother Tonga and Spencer Linton coming up later in the program. Tomorrow is the early signing period for BYU football and the rest of college football. We'll have it for you right here tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. We'll be covering it all day. Head coach Kalani Sitaka will join us live to discuss the early signees as they become official. Cougars in the NFL. Last night on Monday Night Football, Taysom Hill, two catches for 42 yards, including a 28-yard touchdown from Drew Brees on a record-setting night for NFL career touchdown passes and single-game completion percentage. Congrats to Taysom Hill, who whoever thought he would be a part of a record-setting performance like that (laughs) as a receiver. Still not used to that. Saints beat the Colts 34-7. Well, we mentioned the team sheet, so I hold in my hand a piece of paper. Uh, there are 353 said pieces of paper from the NCAA uh, Tournament Selection Committee. This is something that's formed that they evaluate and use as a primary sorting tool and evaluation tool to assess teams to get into the 68-team NCAA Tournament. And BYU, as we mentioned yesterday and earlier today, is ranked 42 in the net rankings. Now, BYU is 2-3 and three in Quad 1 games. We mentioned yesterday how BYU is the only team in the country, Jason, to play five and win two. You're rewarded for playing a strong schedule. I am pro-BYU basketball schedules in this regard. <laughs> Football gets no reward for what they do. It's not categorized or broken down in the same way. Right now, BYU looks really good on the NCAA team sheet. Yeah, and that's what we were talking about with Chris Burgess, that the the idea around scheduling and scheduling up has changed over the last couple of years. More weight is now given to teams, regardless of the record, and certainly it helps you if you have more wins than losses in those games, but the mere fact that you're willing to step out and schedule these tough teams, you will be rewarded for it. I I love that aspect of it. 
In league play, BYU will play 16 games, and six of those 16 will be quad one or two. Uh, a reminder, if uh, they categorize by where you play the game. So a home game, one through 30 uh, is quad one, one through 50 neutral, one through 75, and so on. Uh, BYU will play Gonzaga, who is six in the net rankings. Those will be quad ones regardless of location. Right now, St. Mary's 64. They have not impressed in terms of the schedule and how they performed, although they only have one loss. That's the funny thing. A 9-4 BYU looks good because they've challenged themselves. In fact, BYU's played two of the top three in the net rankings. Kansas and then San Diego State is still undefeated at 10-0, and and they're uh, third in the net rankings. Virginia Tech is a win that BYU really liked and hopes is a quad one. Right now, that's a quad two game. Again, this is fluid. This could totally change next week and obviously in March. Uh, Let's discuss two wins that have been um, talked about a lot. Utah is 54 right now. They are highly valued by the uh, NCAA uh, metrics here. I think Utah is probably going to drop uh, to a quad two. Houston is a great win, but it's Barely in right now is a road game in the top 75 at 68. Then Boise State, everyone said, oh, what a bad loss. It was a bad loss because BYU should win that game. Yes. But on paper, is it a bad loss to the committee? Right now, no. It's a quad two loss. Uh, Boise State's ranked 100. If they stay in the top 135, that's a loss that is understandable and somewhat accepted. And it was without Yoli Childs. And if you're on the committee and you have a rational, sane way of evaluating things, you will know, oh, this is a different version of BYU than the previous version. Yeah, this is where it gets a little weird because, you know, games that are bad losses in terms of just the eye test, in terms of the committee may not necessarily be. I mean, you're not going to talk to any BYU fan, BYU coach, or BYU player that's not going to say that losing to Utah was not bad. Right. But in terms of taking a hit, at least right now, that's not something that that the committee will look at as as a major hit to BYU basketball. BYU is going to play 12 quad three and quad four games in the future. As of now, again, this can change. BYU needs to avoid a single loss in quad three or quad four. And you don't want Boise State to get past 135. That becomes a quad three loss. So we'll see how BYU... We will continue to evaluate this throughout the season. Coming up, a look at BYU Cougars in the pros. And is Kairos Tonga going pro after this season? The conversation with Spencer Linton and the goatee that Kairos has. What would Spencer Linton look like with a goatee? Things we won't discuss after the break on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation hits the road this week. Join us Friday as we broadcast live from the Waikiki Sheridan Resort in Honolulu for complete coverage of this year's Hawaii Bowl between BYU and Hawaii. That's really mean that we make you read Read the one that says us. Because us is relative in this conversation. Yeah. uh, Looking forward to that. That'll be a lot of fun. (laughs) I'm planning on doing the show in sunglasses, just so everyone knows. In shorts? Probably. In Miami, I I did it in shorts, and I didn't like the look. I just, you know, my legs just look weird. Well, it depends on whether... It depends on if your legs are going to be shown. We have director's chairs, so yeah. Okay, there you go. I might just go to the beach and leave Spencer. I don't know. Hey, BYU's big man in the middle, Kairos Tonga. Has been a force at times on the defensive line this year. Fun to watch, just wrecking havoc in the backfield. Opposing quarterbacks get scared. It's awesome to watch. For the season, he said he plans on uh, declaring for the NFL draft after the season. Is that still the case? Here's Spencer Linton's conversation with the big man in the middle. Kyrus, amidst the madness of finals week, you're getting ready for Hawaii, trying to win an eighth game. How would you sum up the emotions of dealing with school and getting ready to play a bowl game? Stressful. It's uh, no, it's 
it comes with it. It's fun. Um, yeah, the school part is kind of rough, but uh, other than that, preparing for a bowl, going to Hawaii, and uh, having fun out here with the boys, it's just uh, it's been super fun so far. Your finals uh, get going here really quickly. Um, what what's the key approach? I mean, I know you prepare for football games and get yourself in the right mentality, but what's the right mentality to go into finals with? Uh, be optimistic, <laughs> lots of prayer, and I'm a, I'm gonna call my mom, tell her to pray for me. So I'll be hopefully that's that's good enough. So that sounds like quite the trifecta, man. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll write those notes down as I approach difficult decisions in my life. Okay, on to football now. Uh, Hawaii is um, essentially a week away. What do you know about the uh, Rainbow Warriors offense, and and how are they different this year compared to the team you saw last year? They're they're all they've always been a good offense. Their uh, their quarterback is a uh, a great QB. Can throw the ball. Can run when he needs to. All lines in sync every time. Um, receivers are are super good. Running back can run the ball or catch the ball. So uh, just just a great. Uh, they're a great offense. From last year, I just felt like they they just gotten better. That's it. Uh, wasn't really a, a downfall from their offense. So uh, we're excited for for that. Going to be a lot of a lot of throwing. So uh, we're focusing on uh, a lot of pass rush this this week. So it should be a uh, should be really fun. How do you feel about that when you know there's a lot of pass rush on the way? I'll, it is what it is in, in the game. It's, it's, it'll be fun. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get a lot of pressure and um, uh, cause a lot of turnovers, but uh, just to be disruptive. When I say BYU football and Hawaii Bowl, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Uh, a lot of Polynesians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of Polynesians, so. What kind of a crowd do you expect out there? Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of BYU fans out there. Uh, just the the football team, uh, just BYU being BYU, the fan base is everywhere, and I think uh, I think it's going to be super fun. Hopefully, there's uh, there's tons of people uh, to come out Christmas Eve, watch a game. It's going to be nice and warm at night, so I don't know. Hopefully, there's a lot of people. How are you feeling health wise at the end of a very physical, tough season? I feel good. Um, my body feels nice. Um, I feel good about it, and I'm just super excited. A lot of people are very interested in what your future holds with football because you have excelled. A lot of people in the NFL are paying attention to you. So how do you handle that and try not to get distracted while still focusing on finals and one more game this season at BYU? Yeah, I just don't even, I don't even think about it. Um, I talk with my family. I talk to the coaches already, um, and I'll, I'll make a decision like after the bowl game. Because right now, just priorities, uh, school and football, and that's what I've just been working on. So, okay, yeah, I can understand that. Is there a time frame you have set up to make a decision after the bowl game? Um, hopefully within a, a week or so. So, uh, if you don't hear from me, I don't know. <laughs> you know what happened? I know people are like let the man enjoy Christmas, Spencer. <laughs> okay, okay. So we'll let you enjoy Christmas. Then you then you make that announcement. Um, when you look at midway through the season, two and four, coming off a loss against USF in Tampa, to this team that is here now, what's been the biggest change in that turnaround? I don't know. Um, I felt like uh, I, it was just a huge reality check for for the team. We uh, we go and we beat a team in Tennessee, a great team, and we go and uh, we're playing these good teams, and then. Uh, I mean Toledo. Toledo and them were—they're good teams. It's, it was just a huge reality check for for all of us. Uh, just uh, looking in the mirror and just 
like, hey, man, you got to wake it up or it's just going to keep happening. So uh, it was it was good for us, Coach Kalani and uh, the whole staff. Just uh, We just didn't think about it. Just went, uh, we took it game by game. And uh, it was a good run and we're still going. And uh, it's just been super fun since then, so. How can you use the San Diego State game as a reality check to prepare for the bowl game? Yeah, it's just uh, it's just little things, man. It's just executing, being able to uh, to especially on defense, just uh, stopping when we're supposed to stop them, not giving up any points, no field goals, holding them to like three points, something like that. It's uh, we just need to be on top of it. Our one eleven, just and just have fun out there. When we're having fun, it's uh, it's just the best. So, well, I know you've had a lot of fun, and that has included. A touchdown this year. Where does the touchdown you scored rank on the list of accomplishments you've had at BYU? At BYU, man, number three for sure. <laughs> it's uh, it's top. Yeah, it's that number three. So, what are number one and number two? Uh, shoot, I don't even know. <laughs> so it's somewhere up there. I don't know. Just tell me they're a secret, and you don't want to tell me. Yeah, that that's fine. We'll get we'll get your rankings a little bit later, Kyrus. Okay, well let's give you some time to think about that. But it's in the top three for sure. Okay, um, Hawaii is going to present some unique challenges, but it will also present potential distractions. How do you keep the beach and that laid back feel out of your mind? And, and once it gets to football, you keep it a business trip. Yeah, I think our, our mentality is uh, we're here to win a game. Uh, we're preparing to win the game. We're not preparing to to go swim and to ride mopeds and and all that. It's just uh just to win. Uh, we're gonna have fun out there, but uh, just keep that in the back of our minds that uh, we're here for for a reason. And uh, we worked all off season and all season for for this opportunity to to walk away with the win. So uh, that's just our our mentality going into the game. Listen, I'm here to say that when and if you get pass rush against Hawaii's quarterback and a turnover results or a sack, there needs to be just a Kairos Tonga stat, okay? It's like, well, I don't know what we'll call it, but we need to come up with a Kairos Tonga stat. Are you cool with that? All right, I'm cool with it. If you're doing it, I'm cool with it. <laughs> uh, Melik Likimaka and uh, some BYU Sports Nation karma to you, not just for football, but for your finals as well. All right, I appreciate it. Thank you. What? <laughs> Is there a moped that can handle Kairos Tonga, by the way? Are you guys going to ride mopeds over in Hawaii? Heck yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, we don't have a game. to. We have a broadcast, but we don't have a game to play. We can right. dork around all we want outside of the show. There we, we go. We dork around on the show. I was going to say, on. yeah, that was the yeah. next thing. Coming up, more interesting pro career, Taysom or Jimmer? Oh, come on. We're pitting those two guys against It's Ben's other. choice. And BYU is losing one of its most talented content creators. We'll tell you who this is, BYU Sports Nation. How dare you, Ben? This segment of BYU Sports Nation, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Do not forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcast. The show also available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and the BYU radio apps. Time to play a little buy, sell, or hold, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. We've got some compelling topics. We go now. Keep climbing, baby. Ben Bagley is in the control room. He's the voice, of, as some of you call him. Ben, what do you have for us this fine day? Let's start here. I got two for you. First, BYU is an actual 12 seed. 
right now in the NCAA tournament. Buy, sell, or hold, Jason. Uh, I'm going to buy it. That sounds fair to me as of as of today. It's as of today. Mm. Think they can get higher? Yeah, I do think they can get higher. But as of today, that sounds fair. I sell because I'm going to make some money later when BYU is a single digit. That's what I do. But that's as of today, right now. I sell so that later I can make. Okay. All right. Yeah, no, no, no. You're right. I hold because I'm going to sell later when BYU is a higher commodity. Okay. Right. More expensive commodity. You're right. Okay. Number two. All right, last one. This is one you guys have been looking forward to. <laughs> Who has had a more interesting, not better, interesting pro career? Taysom Hill or Jimmer for debt? What do you think? I am buying Taysom Hill having the more interesting career. You could argue, though, because of the expectations for Jimmer and the way we all thought his career would go, his career has been more interesting. But, yes, the correct answer is Taysom. It's would, more interesting. I wouldn't call Jim Fredette's career interesting. It's been uh, different yes, than diff- what we thought. But that's why I think it's interesting. to a certain degree. We thought he'd be in the NBA and could play, right? But he's having success outside. Uh, Taysom Hill, yeah, I agree with you. But right now, it's, it's way better than we all thought it would be. It's fantastic. That he's playing and is healthy and doing stuff, that's awesome. And, they, and people rave about him on every broadcast. They love him. They love him. brings us to our stat of the day. Sports Nation stat of the day. Taysom Hill has more receiving touchdowns this year than Travis Kelsey, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Odell Beckham Jr. So take that, guys. Our question of the day. How much does the quarterback performance in the Hawaii Bowl impact the quarterback competition for next season? The Elite Voice of the Day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Sarah Thomas Bobo on Facebook. It might be a little, uh, but so much can happen in the offseason and in spring and fall camps that can change things. I would hope we aren't in the same place as when we finish the bowl, when we go to start next season. We will have players leaving, new players starting. Let's wait and see who's healthy, is showing the best performance, and who has the best chemistry with the rest of the team after the team has changed. Thanks for the response. Today's Rise and Shout Out is a combined effort, Jason. Yeah, uh, our Rise and Shout Out is going to go to Tyson Hutchins, the digital content creator for BYU Athletics. He made an announcement on social media last night uh, that he is is going to be leaving BYU for some other opportunities, and we cannot rave enough he's so good. about what Tyson does so and what he creates and what he's done for BYU. If you've watched BYU football, social media, and basketball and others, I mean, a lot of this, it's a team effort, yeah. but the main the main guy is Tyson. He's so good. So, he's so talented. Best of luck to Tyson. And a great dude. Yes, he is awesome. Thanks to today's guests, Chris Burgess and Kairos Tonga. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Started Dennis Spitta no time to spend an hour show every day. We don't have time for you. For Jason, I'm Jeremy. Shout out to Fenton Reeves. See you tonight for BYU Basketball's Mark Pope, 8 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Go Cougs!